Hello and uh, welcome to the second episode of the season for the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host Alex and with me this week I have Dan. How are you Dan? Yeah, I'm good. Looking forward to the season kicking off, getting underway and um, watching a bit more City. Yeah, look, it's as I was saying to Logan last week, it's really sort of crept up quite quickly. I, I was sort of looking at the schedule to sort of start to figure out when we should come back for the new season and realised that it was pretty much right upon us um, at that point already. So, uh, look, it's good to have the, the real stuff back this coming weekend and it's going to be a, uh, a good season ahead, hopefully, for City. Yeah, look, I think there's <clears throat> there's a lot of good good things that have happened. I mean, there's a couple of those couple of injuries are a bit of a blow, um, or that are still carrying on from the end of last season. But I think you know, no no fresh injuries, um, plenty a few decent looking incomings, you know, maybe one or two more. Um, one particular one that I I think many of us are particularly excited about the possibility of that reunion. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good good things coming. Absolutely. Well, look, so we did have our final two preseason games over the last week. We um, we had a loss to Sunderland 2-1 where, you know, you'd probably say that that was essentially our first 11 for the uh, the coming weekend with um, Ingram and Goal, Coyle, um, Greaves and Jones at the at, at the back, as well as Emmanuel at left back. And I'll, talk to, I'll ask you about that in a second. Um, but then we had also Smallwood and Cannon sort of anchoring the midfield with Doherty, um, and then Longman, Magenis, and KLP up front. Um, I guess the big talking point out of this game and that I sort of wanted to discuss was Emmanuel at left back. And I did sort of wonder, and I, I think Logan might have touched on it last week as well, whether we would toy with somehow getting Coyle and Emmanuel on the pitch at the same time, especially at the moment with um, with Elder out injured. Um, yeah, how, how do you sort of feel about, about that decision? Um, I don't know, because we didn't... I swear there was a... It might have happened once or twice for for, uh, but not for very long. Yeah, last season. I almost I almost feel like it was Coyle who went to left back last season. Actually, I, 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 I might right. be misremembering, I he, but I, no, I think you're right. I think he did go left um, last. Didn't well, it might have even been the game where Elder got injured. I'm so confused. Did didn't Coyle? Did he start in left back against Sunderland? I, I think they, he might. Did, yeah, and I think that, that's what I thought as well. Time. Yeah, that's so, what I thought as well. So they might have. So maybe might they were just like, trying to figure out who was better, who's going to perform better on that side, or yeah, whatever. I'm not sure, but or they just noticed something that you know Emmanuel could exploit with his with his pace and physicality, or or vice or vice versa, something that they needed a you know stronger defensive you know position on the right or whatever, and they switched him around for maybe that reason. But And I guess um, it probably worked because, I mean, Coyle ended up giving the assist for the uh, for the goal for Magenis as well, so, so maybe it was a bit of a tactical masterclass. Perhaps. McCann's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it makes much difference. They both seem that they can play either side. Um, I guess it all the only real thing it highlights is that Fleming's not going to mm. be that that the left back to step in to or to deputize for elder while he's out so um but uh, you know i think he's still there or thereabouts so he may step in if if this if this is how mccann goes on the weekend and it doesn't work then perhaps you know fleming's there he may come in afterwards anyway yeah, certainly. And look, after after we talk about the Preston game in a little bit, um, we do have the League Cup. Um, I think it is, yeah, League Cup first round against Wigan, where um, if if Fleming's not in the side against Preston, it may well be that he'll get that chance at left back in, in the Cup game. And look, I think 
as with most seasons, having that cup fixture so early in the season um, does give that opportunity that the players who aren't in the starting eleven in the league will still get a chance to to show their to you know to make their case for getting into the side. So um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see where which way we go for our left back position um, against Preston. But I think everyone's going to get a decent chance to to show themselves um, over the next seven days. Um, the other preseason game was against um, Man United's under-23s, captained, of course, by our own Super Paul McShane. So there was that image that emerged of the, the – the, it was one of those sort of, you know, out-of-context Hull City images where you wouldn't really expect to ever ever have seen it uh, pop up as a, as a new image of McShane in his United kit and Huddleston in his uh, City kit. And, uh, you know, it was one for, one for nostalgia, I suspect, but um, – you know, to add to the nostalgia, Huddleston did get on the score sheet. Um, I was, I was sort of, I joked in our chat. I was sort of hoping that he would uh, mimic the um, the haircutting celebration after he scored, given his hair's got getting quite long again. But uh, also saw Tom Eves on the score sheet as well in that one. So um, it was a first chance to get a look at uh, Bernard, who'd, who'd signed on loan from United as well, who we'll talk about in a second. But you know. I guess, as we're sort of alluding to from the Sunderland game, this was largely our, our second-string side, but um, players that showed a bit of promise and, of course, as you alluded to, the potential signing of Huddleston in there. Yeah, look, I think pre-season, um, it's never really about results anyway. Um, you, you're just looking for performances, and I think um, even though we lost against Sunderland, I thought there was lots of good opportunities created, and I think you also take that... Uh, preseason win against United's under-23s in context as well. You know, win's nice and it's good to see, you know, Huddleston get on the score sheet. It was good to see Eves get on the score sheet. Hopefully he'll start off with a bit of confidence um, this season. But um, at the end of the day, like, they, I mean, no, to be fair, we played a lot of kids as well. So, the, yeah. you know, all, you know, um, it's sort of there and thereabouts. But, um, you know, I thought Moncur looked pretty... Very, yes, I, very reminiscent of, of Doherty, like just likes to grab the ball and just drive it forward. So um, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out because if you have too many of those players in your team, then you're just going to leave big holes everywhere. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's where you sort of, you need your um, honeyman back in the side who can sort of mm. just has the, has the legs to run. Oh, and, I, and in fairness, Doherty as well, have, have the legs to just sort of run all day. But um, I guess after our last... Um, season in the championship with McCann, the, the 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 legs failing in the last thirty minutes was a big uh, big worry. So yeah, as you say, um, don't want too many players running forward of the ball all the time. But no, look, I think Monker along with Longman, who I, I probably should have mentioned during the uh, talk about Sunderland, probably the two standouts for me in terms of signings. Who I mean, Bax has been pretty promising as well, but I don't think he'll get that chance straight away. But yeah, Monker and Longman have really impressed me and arguably should be in our starting eleven. Yeah, I thought um, Longman actually looks like a decent, you know, if he is a backup, like Wilkes is a maybe to start on the weekend. Mm. If he does start, then Longman looks like a player who's actually going to come on and do something. Unfortunately, Scott still looks like he's just got no confidence. I watched yeah. some of the highlights and he'd get to, he'd come to a player and he'd almost just bring himself to a standstill in, instead of taking the player like on and he's on the edge of the 18 yard he would slow himself down instead of you know trying to use his pace and footwork to get past him or to draw a foul or do anything remotely interesting um which was pretty disappointing but longman like 
he seemed young, full of confidence, got the ball, was driving past players, trying to do things, a couple of, you know, not afraid to shoot. Um, and <clears throat> I think his first shot was at the, like he had a good, decent attempt at the near post and then later, you know, got into a, um, a good position and, and smartly tried to hit the inside the far post, just curled it away a little bit at the end. But like, you know, there's, there's certainly a player in there and hopefully um, he'll develop in his time here and he might even and hopefully bag a few goals for us as well. Yeah, look, I think it's a big shame for him. And I think there was sort of talk during the week that they were trying to get him out on loan, um, not only to free up a loan, a, a, a squad spot um, now that we've had that clarification from the EFL, but um, I think it's fallen through now with, was it St Mirren's or somewhere like that up in Scotland? I think it's a hard one because I think to some extent, I think going back up to Scotland might help him sort of recapture his form and confidence, but then at the same time, keeping him in England and getting him used to to the English leagues and being close to the city and um, being more involved with the squad might also be good for him as well. So I'm not quite sure what the answer is, whether he could find a, a loan move to League One where it's, you know, whether it's to a Doncaster or somewhere like that. So it's quite local, um, but it's a league down where he can sort of, you know, hopefully play most of the games and actually get a bit of confidence, as you say. Um, it's a really tricky one. And, and I was saying to la- last week to Logan, I mean, he's, he's, he's almost got to be our most expensive player in our squad at the moment. I think we signed him for over a million pounds, so um, which is a bit, bit of a crazy one when you think about where our squad used to be. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of pressure on him. Maybe he feels sort of anxious to perform up and live up to that price tag. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I think it, it was one point two or one and a half million mm. pounds or something, which was so out there with what else we were paying for players at the time. And I think and it, was, it was around when um, it was around when we sold Bowen, and we sort of splashed out. We got like Wilkes on loan, we got um, Madison, and then I think we bought Scott. We kind of went a bit crazy with a bit of the money. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then like I guess yeah, just the the transfer policy has obviously been shifting to a more. <clears throat> fiscal approach mm. um so i but yeah i'm not sure so what is is it do we do we have to sell him or is he able to go on loan now does he is he so, counted as the in that 25 player cap or whatever that we have yeah so i think i think it was it was weird because when the reports first emerged that we were trying to shift him out it seemed as if the narrative was that he was being sold because of this re- requirement from the efl that um even players out on loan would count in the squad. But in more recent days, I think I saw an interview with um, McCann where he basically confirmed that they'd gone to the AFL and made, quite rightly made the point that if a player is out on loan, they really shouldn't be counted in the squad. Um, and I think they've confirmed that interpretation. So it does mean that Flores and Jones, for instance, don't count in our squad. Um, and it means that if we can get Meyer and Scott out on loan, which I think we're trying to do, um, that... I mean, in theory, that basically then just gives us the spots for Bernard and um, Smith, you'll talk about in a second, who's presumably coming in soon. Um, I guess my confusion is I thought we were already at the limit of 25 spots when um, uh, before Bernard came in, but maybe that was 25, including Jones and Flores, and now if they're not being counted, we do suddenly have those two spots, um, which might be the case. Yeah, this is it's all, all very... a bit yeah, it's all a bit confusing. I think it's you know we sort of talked about it last week, but it's a bit of a bit of a weird one where the EFL seems to surprise surprise the EFL doesn't seem to have really thought things through quite quite 
right. Um, when you look at the fact that Derby, for instance, are able to sign players for a fee, I think, um, even though they are under much stricter regulations than us, it just seems a bit backwards when yeah. we haven't actually done anything wrong. We've just taken a yeah. grant from the, the league to keep us sustainable, <laughs> which just seems very strange. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're talking about transfers. Um, we have signed uh, Deshaun Bernard on loan from United. It was probably the position I was most anxious for us to to address before the season began, which was at centre-back. Um, played against United's under-23s and looked, looked reasonably solid. Um, didn't see a lot of him. Granted, it was just the highlights. Um, but he'll be good depth. He'll be good backup for um, Jones and Greaves, I would suspect. Yeah, look, I think now you end up, we've got with Greaves and Jones as our, as a two number ones in that position. And you've got Festus Arthur, I guess, and Deshaun now sitting sort of behind them. And McLaughlin, I guess, as well, yeah. Sean McLaughlin, um, you know, got a little bit of depth. You know, you've got some versatility in someone like Coyle as well, perhaps in an emergency. Um, so I think we probably are stocked in terms of bodies. My guess, I guess my main concern would be in terms of the, the quality in that depth and where, mm. how far that's going to um, go in the champion at the championship level. But time will tell. I mean, fingers crossed. Greaves and Jones stay fit and we don't really need to call upon anyone else, but that that's my concern anyway. I mean, it is funny to think that uh, essentially our, our centre-back pairing last time we were in the championship was Device and Burke, and they're both they're both the part of the club. Granted, they were the two centre-backs there when we were leaking a lot of goals in the second half of that season, so it's not as if they were setting the house on fire um, in their time at the back uh, last time in the championship, but... In saying that, Greaves is unproven at this level. Uh, theoretically, I mean, so is Jones to an extent. So we're, we're kind of coming in with an unproven championship level uh, centre-back pairing. I think I think our fullbacks feel a lot more solid with Elder and Coyle when fit. But, yeah, centre-back's probably a bit of a worry. Um, yeah, uh, but then we've also got Matt Smith potentially joining from Man City Online. I think there was the rumours that we were bringing in I think it was originally sort of leaked as a top six uh, Premier League clubs player was coming in on loan and it sort of narrowed down to Man City. And I think, you know, everyone's sort of joining the dots and uh, thinking it, it's Matt Smith, who is a central midfielder, was on loan at Doncaster last season for 40 appearances. Um, previous loan spells at QPR and Charlton, where he'd made a couple of, a couple of appearances as well. So does have a little bit of experience at championship level with QPR, which is good to see. Um, by all reports, he's a very highly rated young player at City, so um, seems to be somewhat of a coup to get him into the club. And um, I, I guess my thinking around this is there was a lot of concern, I guess, over preseason about Smallwood's form and the worry that if Smallwood was not performing, the logical replacement from last season anyway would be to push Jones into midfield. And as we were just touching on the lack of, I guess, depth or experience at centre-back, we don't really want to be pulling him out of there. So bringing in Smith as a as a fullback option in that midfield trio, I think is a really good move. Yeah, look, um, I admittedly don't know anything about uh, about my namesake. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, uh, I think in terms of in that position, 
that having extra bodies um, and in the midfield, I guess like we, we have recruited pretty well in the midfield, I think. So we, we have quite quite a lot of depth and but actually reasonably strong depth there, which is which is mm. nice. When you look at you've got Cannon and um Monka who can play in there or, or further forward. Honeyman, although he's injured, uh Smallwood, maybe Huddleston if we're lucky. Uh now perhaps Matt Smith. Doherty uh, as well. Doherty did I mention Smallwood? I don't know. That they keep adding up like that there's quite a few there really and they're all of a of a decent quality so mm. um i think um i think that will be an area that we hopefully um shouldn't have too many problems in but i think the other thing which is interesting is like that obviously mccann's like he last season he's has grown his own uh the, the aura around him or whatever like his profile has grown not just among the fan base, but obviously amongst some of the other, like the other clubs and other managers and things that they're now that the, you know, Man City, Man United, some of these bigger clubs are willing to send loan players to us again, because it didn't seem like we were a place that they would, you know, the last couple of seasons that they would actually want to send their young players to, but obviously, you know, um, success, you know, is a wonderful tonic. So, um, yeah, and look, I guess he's he's got a pretty good reputation now of developing those younger players. You look at Wilkes, KLP, um, Slater last season had a really great season in the end. So there's there's a quite a few younger players who are really sort of flourishing under McCann. Yeah, actually, Slater. That's 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 another one I was thinking about because that's still like maybe yet to eventuate. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's a bit of a strange one because Smith to me is almost. And to be honest, like you, I don't know a lot about Smith, so I don't know quite how similar he is to Slater, but the vibe just feels to me that Smith is almost like the alternative to to Slater, where it's that young sort of Premier League-ish sort of player coming in as initially a depth player, but then potentially over the season could develop into a first 11 player. Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, if we, I'd like to see Slater back, but um, if we we miss out, but um, if this one turns into another gem, then that'll be, that'll be pretty good too. Absolutely. Well, um, we'll move on then and uh, we'll sort of do a bit of a general preview before we get into the more specific preview of the Preston game and uh, just get your thoughts on where you think City will finish this season. Oh, I have not actually really thought about this. This is, this is the thing that I'd never like to think about before the season because it's where I like and maybe give it a my bracket. hopes up or something, yeah. but I think like probably in that like like I don't know, like twelfth to sixteenth sort of a zone. I mean, I'd like to go better, obviously, but um, tempering expectations this time around. I think twelfth to sixteenth is the exact uh, exact bracket that I used in the Facebook group the other day when when Mitch asked the question. But yeah, twelfth to sixteenth. I think oh, okay. I think Maybe we're that's not where quite. I, got the idea from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we're quite top half playoff challenging material but I also think looking at some of the clubs in the championship this time around I think we should be better than at least half a dozen of them so I think that 12th to 16th feels about right to me um, for where we will finish um, who do you think will be our most important player this season um, I think it's going to be a toss-up between probably 
arguably our two most important last year, or who who could argue would be Honeyman and Magenis. Magenis banging in goals, um, something that we're going to need to find this year um, or this season. And I, I think Honeyman just showed last year, I think he really matured last year within both our squad and as a player in general um, and showed really was able to start grabbing games by the scruff of the neck, taking control, dragging, you know, the team with him. Um, and I think once he comes back, um, he'll be a very, very important player for us. I, I completely agree. I'll, I'm going to go a little bit left field with my player, though, and say our most important player could well be Jacob Greaves. <laughs> Just because, as we were sort of touching on before, the the lack of, lack of experience and depth that's in about. I mean, you could probably make a case for Alfie Jones as well, but I'll go with the homegrown boy and say... If, if Jacob Greaves can have a fantastic season and, and really step up to the championship, not only does that then put him on the... Not that we want to be sort of selling our best players anyway, but it puts him on the radar of Premier League clubs. It sort of gives him that ne- another string to his bow. And and if he has a great season, it, it hopefully would mean we're not conceding too many goals um, and hopefully he can bag a couple at the right end this season as well. Um, but, yeah, so sort of fingers crossed for him for this coming season. Um the third sort of question I wanted to ask you, which I haven't really seen too much in um, City previews, is what what would you see as the biggest red flag to you in the first two months of the season? What would what would get you really concerned about our ability to stay up? Besides I, losing every game, of course. <laughs> I actually think it's going to be if we aren't scoring consistently. So at least like at, at least like once, it, you know, across. The couple of months, so in eight games, I would probably want to see like eight or ten goals across at least across that period. So you know, you're not necessarily scoring every game, but you know, at least being able to to, to bag a goal, to, to take a nil all to a one nil win or, or or whatever, being able to score those goal uh, some goals in some crucial moments, which seem to be well, that was something that we really, apart from you know everything fell apart last time in the championship, but it seemed that. Um, in those close games, we couldn't find the the goals to to get us a couple of extra points in that second half of the last championship season we had. So, I think um, I think that will be a big big factor. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a yeah. I was going to say I think that's a great shot because especially even at the end of last season, there were so many games where we did get those late goals. Um, which, as you're saying, was such a stark comparison to that end of the championship season where we couldn't get those late goals. And, yeah, I think I think especially with the way that we play, um, if we can't get our goal scoring going, uh, you know, we're sort of a broken record, but talking about that more inexperienced centre-back pairing, if we're not scoring enough goals, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to keep, keep clean sheets, which I'm not sure if they will achieve in huge numbers. Um, I guess my biggest red flag... Um, yeah, look, I think that's probably it. I think I think if if Wilkes and KLP don't have a goal between them two months in, I'll be very, very worried. You know, we might be getting some goals from Doherty and Magenis and others, but I think if those those two players need to be chipping in with oh, call it 15 goals between them for the season, at least, you'd hope. Um, if, if they can do that, I think we're fine to stay up. I think if they don't have a goal between them, that's when I'd be pretty worried about how we're going to go. Um, I think they should be okay. I think they showed last time we're in the championship they can find the back of the net. But, yeah, that would be the worry for me. Um, okay, well, 
new feature for this season we sort of touched on it last week um we're basically going to do instead of last year where we did our player reviews each week this year we're going to do a triple flashback feature where i'll say a theme for the week might be to do with a player might be to do with the manager might just be to do with the club itself um i'll give my guest of the week the chance to to give his guesses for what he thinks the answers are i'll, I'll sort of guide us along so that we'll then talk about the real answers um, if there's any incorrect guesses, but we want to give the listeners a chance as well to see if they can um, figure out the answers to these. And I almost it's the f- guarantee there'll be incorrect incorrect <laughs> guesses. Um, well, yeah, b- because it's it's the first week of the season, we thought we'd go with with um, uh, a pretty obvious one, I guess, to use for our first feature, and that is to talk about our last three opening opening day fixtures in the championship. So, Dan, so I'll give you a hint to start with, and it might, I don't know if it'll impact on your answers or not. Um, we had different managers in each of these three games. One was the first game of Leonard Slutsky's reign. One was the first, well, not the first game of Nigel Atkins' reign, but the first day of the season for him. Um, and then, of course, Grant McCann's. So I don't know if that impacts on your guesses at all, but what would you say for each of those? I I wish that I could remember anything about any of those momentous days. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, I have many other pressing things in my mind. Um, so it, these are complete guesses, and in no particular order, I have Swansea, Brentford, and Fulham. So you did get one out of three. So do you, wanna, do, do, you, do you want to ha- – so, so the correct answer in those was Swansea – do you do you want to hazard a guess as to which manager's opening day that was? Adkins? No, actually, it was it was Grant McCann's. Was it? Oh, okay. So, yeah. so, so the Swansea fixture was the game where so Dan Batty scored after about three minutes, and we thought, oh, this is easy. We're going up. This is this is brilliant. And uh, and then in the forty seventh and forty ninth minutes, so right after halftime, they just went bang, bang, and uh, took the lead. Players were sort of out on their feet in the second half and we really struggled to limp over the line in a 2-1 loss under Grant McCann. Yeah, right. So the other two opening days were both were both against the same opponent. Um, I sort of gave you a clue before we started. So it, they, weren't, they weren't derby fixtures for us, but they were certainly fixtures that were penciled in to the, uh, to the diary. Um, neither of them were a win. The first of these two fixtures, so the the game under Leonard Slutsky, was actually the game where Bowen scored his first ever goal for us. So I don't know if that helps at all. Now I feel like a really shit fan. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Um, so so they were both they were both uh, against Aston Villa under Steve Bruce. Now you say it, I'm like, because his because his dad's a Villa fan or whatever, and he grew up and yeah. That's right. No, now don't, I remember don't, all the stories around it. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't don't feel bad because I did actually have to look oh. this up. I had to. I was like, you know, oh, it's a really it's a really straightforward one. Last three opening day fixtures, like there was definitely one against Villa, which was I could remember the Bowen game. I couldn't even remember who we played under Grant McGann. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely had to look it up. But yeah, so we had so we had the one one draw against Aston Villa, where Bowen scored his first goal um, with a really great finish to to sort of earn us the uh, the draw. Um, and then I guess it's, I guess, a trend in our last two because against Swansea and against Aston Villa the second time, uh, we took the lead 
through an Evandro goal, um, and then Elmo scored for them to give them the lead, and uh, Hudden scored right at the end to give them a 3-1 win. Um, I think, so the, the first one with Bowen scoring was an away game, and then Villa and Swansea have both been home games. Right. And there you go. Um, any any sort of, so so does any, any sort of memories flood back to discuss about those games, or it's just no, opening days? Not, not even particular. I just, like... The only reason I picked Swansea is because we always seem to have them really early, and so I can remember yeah, we went great. Leicester Swansea when yep. we were in the Premier League. That when we and our first our, our first season back in the Championship after our first relegation was against Swansea as well. Actually, so that's a fair point. Um, and so I was like, surely they've got to be there somewhere. Um, apart from that, then I had no idea. So it was just like absolute guesses. No, look, they were fair guesses because I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure we played Fulham pretty early in the season as well. Um, uh, might have been but I think I said to you, I said to you before, I think we went on air, that I feel like we've never played, we never have like actual derby matches in the yeah. opening round and we never seem to play the weakest sides in the division in the opening round. So I was like, it's somewhere in that middle sort of, we always seem to have pretty tough openings. Although um, I will say, I will say I'm, was it? I think it was Bruce's first. Oh, sorry, second season in the championship. So when we got relegated, I'm, I think it was Huddersfield on the opening day, where like Akpom and I mean Akpom and Klukas scored. I think it was like the two new signings scored or something. But there you go. Yeah, generally, but yeah, yeah, we don't generally play like a Leeds or a or a uh, anyone like that. Yeah, or Sheffield Wednesday or someone on the opening day. That's right. But yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, see how the listeners did. I might. I'll tweet out afterwards to to see if we can see what people's guesses were as they as they thought about that one. Um, some people might know all three off the top of their head, and some might have had. I'm no going to get embarrassed. I'm going to be embarrassed <laughs> by all of the listeners out there on on Twitter just going, "How did he not know that?" Oh no, it's all it's all in good fun, and yeah. So we'll we'll try and do that each each week. Um, some of them will be quite obscure and quite difficult, um, and I'll sort of see if we can figure them out. Um, and some of them might be a bit more straightforward, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we go with those ones. Um, but yeah, let's you know on the topic of opening day fixtures, we'll talk about that game against Preston to start the season. Um, so sort of similar to last season, I'll sort of try and run through a few different um, aspects of their their team um, for us to discuss. But so they're, they're managed by Frankie McAvoy. Um, it's his first professional uh, managerial gig. I think he was the assistant to Alex Neal, who got sacked last season. Um, the interesting thing about this is so he he did win five of his eight games in charge, which is presumably why he got the gig. But, I mean, we, we do typically seem to see these sorts of um, caretaker managers have a reasonable spell in charge, especially when the season's done and dusted and they're not going to go down. Um, so my question marks around him would be whether he's actually up to the job. Um, I think it's going to be interesting as well. They've got Izzy Brown out with a pretty long-term injury as well. Um, they lost all of their preseason games except for beating Celtic, and I think most teams would beat Celtic at the moment. <laughs> so I don't know how much that means. Um, and and I think in our last five games against them, it's two wins apiece and a draw, so pretty even in those stakes as well. So um, I guess it's a bit refreshing after last season. We've got some sides that we might actually know a little bit more about, uh, sides that we have recent history against as well. Um, but but what, do you, what are your thoughts on this one? How, how do you sort of see us heading into this first game? Um, yeah, look, I'm not really sure, um, to be honest. I think um, I think it'll be hard, you know, for, for McAvoy. I think, you know, if this is his, 
as a fir- first gig and then um, to step into the championship uh, with, what, eight games of managerial experience, that's going to be a tough ask. Um, so they may struggle this year, but I mean, he may surprise us as well, but I think like McCann had some, like was a young manager, but had managerial experience and, and came in and really struggled to, to maintain, you know, form throughout the season. So, and there's been plenty of even higher profile managers who have struggled in the championship as well. So, yeah, um, I think that'll be, that'll be an interesting one to see how they go. Um, but I think in terms of us, I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd I'd love to say that we'll win. I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll turn it on now that the games matter. Just seemed like they were they were creating lots in the preseason, but not quite getting the final pass. So I think it might still take us a couple of weeks, a few games, to sort of get those combinations uh, operating at full capacity. But I, um, I I'm sort of tipping a, uh, just a one-all draw. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think if, if we can get a one-all draw, I, I think I'd be reasonably happy with that. My my big sort of fear is that, yes, the side has sort of gelled and looked really good at League One level, and we think that they can take that step up. But my worry is sort of similar to when we go up to the Premier League and you kind of get that, that additional pace and physicality and suddenly you look really at sea and, and, and not up to it. I was a little bit surprised that we didn't play a um, championship club over the preseason. I would have thought we'd at least try to kind of uh, get a sense of what the other sides in this division are, are playing this season um, just to get a taste of it. Um, so my, my, my big worry is probably if in the next, in, in the first 15, 20 minutes, we sort of look a bit overwhelmed and, and all at sea. I just hope we don't concede too early. I think that would be um, a big concern, but yeah, I think, I think these results at Preston typically tend to be two, one to the, to the home side. So if we can get a one all draw, I'll, I'll probably count that as a win. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, it's a good opportunity. I, I, I'm not, I'm not too uh, confident in Preston's strengths this season. I think they're definitely going to be down in the bottom half, bottom quarter of the table. So um, they're a good opening day opponent in that sense. But it's almost like I, I'd probably say they're a good opponent in hindsight. If we if we win or get a draw, I'll say, oh, that was a good opening day fixture to have to give us a bit of confidence. If we lose two or three nil, I say oh, it was it was a terrible way to start the season. We should have played like a Fulham or a Sheffield United where that result was expected. But um, yeah, look, fingers crossed, we can uh, we can just get something out of this one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and then we also have the uh, League Cup game against Wigan that we touched on before. I guess there's not a whole lot to say about this one. Wigan, Wigan, looking a reasonably strong League One side this season, probably will be challenging for promotion there as well. But I guess as we sort of touched on before, this will probably just be a good opportunity for the uh, anyone not picked in the first eleven for Preston to to get a chance to start. Yeah, look, I think um, I think you know if if Wilkes is fit for Preston and it just means Longman gets an opportunity in the, in the league to start in the, in the cup and almost vice versa. But, mm. you know, then you're our 50 million midfielders, you know, some, oh, like, I was going to say, you know, both, Cannon or, yeah, yeah. Like there's, so I think the, I guess that, that we sort of touched on it before the depth in the back line, that'll be the thing that we may sort of struggle with in those cup matches, having to yeah. pull, um, you know, the either, I guess you're going like a Fleming McLaughlin 
Bernard Deshaun, and um, and um, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess if if Emmanuel, because that'll be interesting. If Emmanuel and Coyle both start against Preston, then mm-hmm. suddenly you don't really have a backup right back to rely on yeah. for the cup game. Um, or you pull up, uh, you know, one of the, the under twenty threes right back, or or something, or one of those players who's been thereabouts. But yeah, because I think it was Andy was, Smith. Oh, Andy yeah, Smith played there looking. against United. Yeah. So maybe maybe he gets a, a run in the in the cup, but um, but then you you know, Eves will play the start the cup probably because I don't think he's I don't think he'll I think Magenis is surely going to be ahead of him in the pecking order <clears throat> to start the season, um, you know. So I, don't know, I think I, two two good games to look forward to everyone. I think the important thing is that everyone gets like a proper competitive match, really nice and early while we're still building fitness. So it's not like the first team gets too far ahead of mm. of the reserves in fitness so that God forbid there's any injuries or anything that come up reasonably early. Um, you don't have a player who's trying to, while everyone else has just got to, to match fitness and, and ready to go at 100%, that, that you don't have that one player sort of just lagging behind still a bit. So. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's going to be really interesting uh, month of the season or so you know just opening a couple of weeks because after the after the weekend game we have qpr who are meant to be quite strong fulham and bournemouth who are all obviously going to be quite strong this season um with derby sort of in between that so um we you know all of derby's sort of prospects for this season it's sort of equivalent to that wigan game where you i'd hate to suggest you know we're going to rotate against derby but it, it it means that we've got We've got tough opponents, but we've also got that chance to hopefully try and build a bit of confidence with a win and get a bit of rotation in the squad and get everyone getting that chance. I, I, I think, to be honest, I mean, the, the, the battle this season between Longman and either Wilkes or KLP is almost going to feel like, to me, the same as Emmanuel and Coyle last season, where I feel like mm-hmm. Longman is shown at least over preseason that he's almost too good not to start but it's in a position where who are we going to drop for him, you know? Um, yeah. So that be interesting. It, it certainly will be. See how that one plays out. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me for this uh, preview of the opening day, Dan. No, not a problem. It's been a pleasure. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, it's exciting. We're up, up back up to the, to the the real thing now, so we've got plenty to look forward to over uh, the next eight or nine months as, as as the season kicks on. But until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back, cause you're amber and black till you die.